Welcome to BSD Talk number 175. It's Thursday, June 25th, 2009. In my last episode, I asked for some input about various ways that you stumble upon BSD in your regular life, and I did get an email from Ron, who uh, had a few points. One, he looked at a stock Kubuntu laptop, that's Ubuntu running the KDE desktop environment, and he found that he had 20 packages that mentioned BSD although that was slightly elevated due to looking at the BSD kernel uh, under Debian. I guess there were some packages for running that. Uh, Actually, that's a package I'd enjoy. Sorry, I should say that's a project that I'd enjoy talking to uh, the people that were able to run Debian on top of the FreeBSD kernel. Another thing that Ron mentioned was Arch Linux, which is actually adopting the RC uh, init system that they have in BSD as opposed to the System 5 or System V init script system. So... There we go. There's uh, somebody's input. All right, so now on to the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Michael Dexter from BSD Fund. Welcome back to the show. It's great to be back. So it's been a while since I've, I've talked to you. You, know, you have sent some, some audio to the show. Thank you for that. But today, I'm curious to hear a little bit about BSD Fund. Indeed. So I have, like you, been pretty darn busy... I'd like to start with two apologies and some thanks before we get into BSD Fund. The first one is to the two guests that I did interview and I have in the can but have not found the time to cut the interviews for. I feel bad about that. I don't really have a great excuse, short of everything we'll talk about today. And I'd like to offer some thanks. First goes to the donors to PCC Project, which we'll talk about later, but the community response was fantastic. I just want to start out by thanking everyone. I'd like to thank Randall Schwartz, who just did a great interview on Floss Weekly with Tim O'Reilly, who's a long-time, who's a long-time BSD guy. And Randall will, I don't know, he'll, he'll show his BSD orientation quite often on the podcast. And he's interviewed a lot of great people. I'd like to thank Wim van der Putten, without whom there wouldn't be a BSD fund. Basically, his community efforts in Europe have just been amazing, and I know there's some disagreements going on, and I hope that all gets resolved. And finally, I'd like to thank you. And very simply, when you were at, I think it was New York City BSD Con. You did an interview with perhaps Anders or simply was walking around and mentioned the PCC project and asked if they needed any help. Well, that allowed one thing to lead to another, and I got in touch with Anders and Mickey, and, well, what you see going on is all due to that. So thank you, Will. Oh, you're welcome. What, what is BSD Fund? Okay. BSD Fund exists to bring some formality to the funding of BSD events, hardware shipping, and software development, as you've seen with PCC. It's modeled on Linux Fund, and we can get into the similarities and dissimilarities later if you like. 
but basically they've had a model that works quite well and I had come to them wanting to fund a small effort that didn't really go too far. However, one thing led to another, similar to you and PCC and New York City BSDCon. And so Linux Fund had just taken on the responsibilities of being a full 501c3. Traditionally, they had been raising money through rewards credit cards and did very well with that. And so BSD Fund came to them and I said, hey guys, I need an institution to work with to do this work. And I started out with a project, PCC, which we can talk about later, that was put out to the public for direct donation to a nonprofit. Now, just this week, the BSD credit card has become a reality. And at the very moment, it's a pain in the behind to select through the online registration form, but I will make that process as simple as possible. That's been a year in the works, and that's been one of the unmade announcements from my side. So BSD Fund is essentially a credit card available now that raises money with each purchase towards BSD events, software development, and hardware shipping. We hope to expand that to developer travel for events and the like, plus direct donations towards software development and conceivably events. And up to this point, though, BSD Fund has been uh, receiving money or, or supporting particular projects and events. How has that happened prior to this credit card? Well, I started out with a small budget to put towards events, and part of that was out of pocket, and I helped out an OpenCon and a Slackathon, and I, I don't want to show too much of an OpenBSD leaning, but they are unique in that they do not have an American-based nonprofit. The heart of what BSD Fund has done prior to the card relates to PCC, and I may as well talk about that now. As I mentioned, I heard through you about the need to help out PCC and set up a project to which the public could donate towards. A number of posts had come up over the years on Undeadly about the need to help that work, and with one simple posting, um, I think initially we generated like $5,000 in about two days, three days. The response was amazing. The community was self-regulating such that answers were questioned within that same news post and I didn't receive any email. It was very strange whereas with other projects of that nature there's usually a lot of chatter, a bunch of $7 donations which really don't help anybody. So that was really a great start and a few of the key items have been ticked off the to-do list um, unfortunately, Anders was a bit under the weather earlier this year, but we have some pretty big news for Linux Tag next week. Anders will be posting the AMD64 support for PCC, which is important on a number of levels. That's been holding back certain developers. And a side ten tangential story is that Anders has known Linus Torvalds since before any of us had heard of him, either of them really. And there was recently a call for conceivably a dedicated compiler for the Linux kernel because GCC had become too unwieldy. Well, Anders and Linus did talk about 
the possibility of using PCC. And the hang-up was that there was no AMD64 support. So one thing indeed could lead to another with, sorry to use that phrase too many times, but it's, that's the nature of a community like this. Somewhere between BSD fund and Linux fund, we could be helping out Linux build its kernel using PCC. So that would be a small coup. So I, I do remember that you know, when there was some call for funding, a lot of it was so that Anders could devote more time to it. So in general, it, it was successful in that goal? Yes. Keep in mind that much development is voluntary and then much of it is at the same time professional within a company. And it's, I, I will assume due to the success that it's challenging to find that, that gray area of formality that's often needed such that someone's working with a deadline and a, and a budget and a specific project is identified that really needs to be prioritized. So that's where I've stepped in with BSD Fund, and, and the response has been very positive. So going forward now, if, if people want to help contribute to these projects, they can do so through this credit card. Is, is that going to be available to people in, in all countries or only certain countries? The BSD card will start out in the USA, but in conjunction with Linux Fund, I'm looking at other countries around the world. There is a Canadian Linux Fund card, and we'll certainly look into a Canadian BSD visa. So for people in other countries, if they want to contribute, they would have to still do so through direct contributions? Direct donations play a very important role. First off, the revenue from a credit card is both relatively small and unpredictable whereas direct donations are just about the most effective way that an individual can get their money to the right place. Now, a few comments on that. I in no way want to discourage someone from donating, say, directly to the NetBSD Foundation or the FreeBSD Foundation. The goal here is to help a project that benefits every BSD and, as it turns out, conceivably Linux. As for the PCC project specifically, we could certainly use some help completing the work that was initially laid out, but there's no question that there's need for a broader non-GNU tool chain, including a linker, an assembler, and other support utilities. Anders and a number of very talented people are ready to help with that, but we have to first prove to ourselves and the community that this is a working model and we do get PCC 1.0 out the door. So I think that, that brings up an important point or a particular aspect of BSD Fund is that it's targeted towards projects that are sort of umbrella projects or projects that, are, that stand outside a particular BSD project. Well, remember that everything BSD can be traced back to the Berkeley code drops quite some time ago. And there's been some wonderful diversification, but I'm pretty sure there's some opportunities for common code among all that and independently maintained common code. For example, the very fact that a compiler can benefit embedded projects, be them open or proprietary. And on that point alone, the permissive BSD style license allows for proprietary and non-proprietary use. So at this point, is the credit card ready to go? People can sign up for it? The card is available now, and one can go to bsdfund.org to find out more. The instructions are a bit contrived, and you will see some Linux fund cards in the process. But if you choose the right 
codes here and there, it will work. If you do have a problem, do contact us and we'll straighten it out. And one, one question I think a lot of people may have is, you know, how much of the money that they're donating through BSD Fund is going directly to these projects and how much of it might be going to overhead or salaries or, or something else? I think a lot of people are curious about the structure of the organization and, and whether or not any of the particular the money goes to individuals who are managing the fund or whether it's all you know, 100% going straight to the projects. That's an excellent question. And it addresses the win-win situation with Linux Fund. With a direct donation, we budget in a small amount for PayPal and Google checkout fees, but pretty much 99% of what you donate goes to the project. There's always a surprise of some sort, but there's not a significant budget for overhead, especially because it's a new system of direct donating and we're still finding out how to truly budget it. As for overhead... That's largely covered by Linux Fund, and I am responsible for improving those numbers, but it allows for any BSD Fund activity to be extremely efficient in its benefit to the community. So we spent a fair amount of time talking about BSD Fund and PCC, but what are some of the other projects that BSD Fund has contributed to or is planning to contribute to in the future? You will see on the website a general fund, which simply we'll use towards the, the most important need at the time. There's also a shipping fund, an events fund. We've used the shipping fund to transport a donated server from Free Geek in Portland, which is a great organization, to a developer in Europe. And basically, I'm happy to take care of the headaches of getting that priced and shipped and delivered and the letter to the tax authorities that it's genuinely a gift for non-commercial use. And as I understand it, that system's being used to build open office for a certain project. You probably have seen the hardware want lists on each project page, such as FreeBSD, NetBSD, and OpenBSD. And I think hardware donations are a fantastic way for the community get to get involved. Someone who is non-technical may have, from whatever source, a piece, given piece of hardware, and I think it would be great to have a very efficient mechanism to help that get in the hands of the developers so there's no cost incurred on the part of the donor or, obviously, the receiving developer. Occasionally, there's some tax issues, but we'll try and work those out however possible. So, so shipping is, as I see it, exciting. With events... I haven't found a source of funding, and that's indeed where the card should play a key role, is to just to help out as many BSD events as possible around the world. We all know where they are, and there's a great actual Twitter feed, I think, maintained by uh, Drew Levine that surprises me almost every day with some new event, at least every week. Very cool. And I think the OpenCon model is great that the event is free of charge and it's a full-featured event, and you're only responsible for travel and the accommodations. So that's my dream, but I haven't had the resources to make it happen yet, so I haven't spoken much about it. Related to events, I'm talking to a prominent BSD users group that has put on some fantastic events, and hopefully BSD Fund can act as a financial agent that would simply receive donations, allowing sponsors to receive a tax donation, a tax deduction, and keep the organizers from having to put the event through their own personal checking accounts, which is all around not very cool. 
So there's a simple mechanism where hopefully I can attend those events and simply pay out the vendors on site. And that's about as clean as it can get from an IRS perspective, from our board perspective, and from those involved donating. To clear things up also, uh, BSD Fund is a U.S. fund, although you're in Latvia. Correct. BSD Fund is based in Oregon, although I am legally an Oregon resident. I will be returning to the U.S. in July now that the political situation has somewhat stabilized. And I will be there in time for OzCon. So if anyone's listening, I would love to see you at OzCon. And if you will be around, I would also love to see you at Linux Talk. Our board is talking with the Dutch tax authorities to set up as a recognized Dutch nonprofit, which being progressive, the Netherlands is the one country that allows for a foreign organization to be registered. That would at least benefit Dutch donors, and we are looking at various ways of setting up shop, shall we say, in other countries. Great. Well, are there any other aspects of BSD Fund that you want to talk about? That pretty much covers it. I do want to thank everyone for their patience in allowing me to figure out the model for it. And I think once the PCC project is fully funded and there is a one-point release, I think we will, I'll prove to myself to start with that this can work. And I think based on the feedback from that same users group, this, this could be very exciting. And before I let you go... Uh, I know that I've spoken with you in the past about some other projects that you've been working on, such as Molt. Are there any updates on that project? Well, Molt was very well received at DCBSDCon, and I believe it was Henning Brower that responded to some jail advocates that this is better and you know it. And the current situation is that no one has truly stepped forward to assist. Christophs was a bit put off by certain politics related to another project of his. And last I heard, the school where Christophs is working would like to submit MALT as a project for EU funding. So it's clearly a project with interest, but it's also a challenge to pull off. So time will tell where the developer and financial support will come from. MALT could conceivably become a BSD fund project, but that would rely on the community's interest, both from a technical perspective and a financing perspective. Well, you know, thank you for for spending some time to talk with me about BSD Fund and the card. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited. It's, you know, perhaps a little little silly on my part, but the idea of possibly even having a credit card with a nice BSD logo stuck on it for people to see is, is sort of an interesting and fun thing to have in, in one's wallet. And, you know, just also knowing that when I'm making some purchases, I'm at the same time not only helping out the store that I'm buying from, but also helping out some of the BSD projects that, that benefit all the projects. You know, something like, like P- PCC that, that can conceivably use by, be used by a variety of, of projects is something that, that I'm supporting. Will, I think you nailed it. It's indeed very exciting news, but due to the long waiting on my part and the frustration with the bank, I'm feeling a bit melancholy, but indeed it's here and I will make it as easy to apply for and as beneficial to the projects as possible. Great. Well, thanks again for taking some time to speak with me and I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. It's been a pleasure and I do hope we can do this more often. I know we've both been a bit busy and not been able to get interviews out there, but 
I know this is an important show and I know the community wants it. So if you're a listener and you do want to be on the show, please contact Will or me directly. I generally interview in person, whereas Will does it remotely. I do have one idea to bounce off the listeners to make this somewhat interactive. I do get contacted by a lot of projects, and every project could use more hardware. There was recently a call for ACPI hardware, and we all know that sometimes that's a matter of verifying something that could take five minutes and really doesn't justify the purchase of a unique model laptop when it's when it's similar to another model from the same vendor. Now, I'd like to know to what degree a virtual hardware lab could be set up such that images that can be burned to flash are made available by developers and they hook up with people with that hardware and the user boots to that flash media, it calls home and the developer can begin work through whatever means they want. They then stay in touch to verify is that hardware indeed sleeping or please reset it for me because that certainly happens. Serial access would be great, but we know that the modern notebook does not ship with serial interfaces like we'd all prefer. So think about it. Do contact me at dexter at bsdfund.org if you have any ideas. There must be a way to make this easier for the developers and in turn the end user because that owner of the laptop certainly wants it working and they certainly would like to get it in the hands of that developer, but that's often inconvenient. So I'm open to ideas and... BSD Fund is certainly here to help if there is a practical solution. Well, great. And, and I also want to sort of touch back on one of the points you made about more contact and more interviews and, and people contacting us. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to be at, at a variety of, of events that I won't be participating in. And I just hope that people can, can get a hold of us or find us at these various events. And, and don't be shy. You know, if you've got something interesting to talk about or if you're just interested in talking generally about BSD and where it's going, you know, the more people we have in the discussion, the better. And, and I just hope that, that people aren't, aren't too shy. So give us, give us a call or, or email us or, or anything. We, we'd love to have any of you on the show. Sure. And one idea we fielded off recording was the idea of more of a conversation. So if there's anyone out there who wants to join in on a conversation, which would indeed be BSD Talk, let's consider it. Well, thank you again for taking some time to speak with me, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 175.